Man, it's great to be in the house of the Lord. We've got an MVP, a VIP, actually a couple VIPs in the house. We have from our Albuquerque, New Mexico campus, we have with us Valentino and Jennifer with us today. Why don't you guys come on up here? This is unplanned, unscripted. Come on up here, you guys. That's not it great to have them here in the house of the Lord? Come on, let's give them a big round of applause. They're doing an amazing job in Albuquerque. And also we have with us in the front row, very front row, this is Bryn's sister, Carrie, everyone, right here in the front row. Make sure you meet her. Why don't you just tell us what's going on in Albuquerque? Do you know that they brought, was it 18? It was 16 young people from Albuquerque this week. They brought them for the Elevate Conference. I think that's amazing. But the group that traveled the furthest to get here, and, and Valentino, he said, you know what? He said, this time I'm not driving with the teenagers, I'm gonna fly. And, which is smart. So why don't you share with us, both of you guys can share with us what's going on. Well, maybe a lot of people don't understand New Mexico is one of the poorest uh, states in the country. And, you know, there's parts of New Mexico that literally look like a third world country if you go to some of the... Up, marriages are coming together, and God is using us to do that. And that, the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So where all that sin is, I mean, if you go to Albuquerque, you drive down certain cities, streets, you'll see the sin, you'll see the drug addicts and homelessness and all that. But God is using us to pour out grace into that city. So it's been amazing to be part of that. Yeah, it's just amazing what God has been doing out there, um, just to see how God has used us out there and the church that we have is just so amazing and to see lives restored and people getting saved and people that have come in broken and then now to see where they're at now and what God's doing in their lives, it's just amazing. Real quick, Jesus front and center, the values that you have and we have, the, the, our church has got that and placed that into their heart. So Jesus is front and center in Albuquerque. That's what's making the difference. Amen. Come on, when we pr let's pray for them while, while they're here. Come on, we don't get this opportunity very often. Come on, stand to your feet. Lift your hands forward. Lord, we pray and we lift up Elevate Albuquerque. Lord, Lord, led by this amazing couple, Valentino and Jennifer. We thank you, Lord, Lord, that what they've, what they've gotten here, Lord, they've taken with them to Albuquerque, Lord, and this church, Lord, is doing amazing things. Lord, we're praying for an outpouring, Lord, blessing and growth, Lord, God, growth in all areas, Lord. We're talking spiritual growth, numerical growth, financial growth. We're, we're trusting you for it, Lord. We're believing for great things, Lord, in Albuquerque. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say, come on, shout out, amen. Amen, amen, come on. Man, it's so good to be a part of stuff that's not just, not just local, but we're, we're, we're literally all over the world, and that's just one example right there in Albuquerque. It's so great uh, to be a part of that. Most of you would recognize, uh, you probably see some of the leaders around, uh, people moving a little bit slower this morning. Uh, that's because we just finished a very intense weekend of the Elevate Conference. And for the first time ever, we held the conference right here in our um, auditorium, and uh, so we brought in, it was probably over five hundred young people stuffed into this building um, and so we had we had so much so much need for help and I just want to thank every person uh, that volunteered I look around the room today and I see many of you uh, that that gave your time uh, Friday night Saturday all day Saturday uh, you should have seen this room at five o'clock yesterday it was Awful. I, lit, I, I, I personally took seven pieces of gum off our carpet, okay? So that, I know that other people took some as well, um, but this place was absolutely bombed. And so maybe you look down and you found a little piece of paper. You're gonna have to bear with that. It might not look like normally. We, we, we want this place to be excellent every time, but if you see like a little something, a little piece of something on the ground, uh, you, can, you can rest assured we just missed that piece, but it's because of the volunteers that served throughout this entire week uh, that we were able to do this conference. Give yourselves a big round of applause. Give yourselves a big round of applause. Amen. I know. Um, also, I want to just give an opportunity for giving. Um, if, you've, if you've come today and you, you, you want to give of your tithe or your offering, uh, we want to make an opportunity for you to do that. You can, you can do that several ways. We have our Elevate Ministries app that you can get in any of, our, uh, the, any of the app stores, or you can just simply scan that, that code right there, and that will provide the opportunity for you to give safely and securely online. If you've brought cash or a check, there's giving boxes in the back, and you can just kind of drop them in, there, in the those giving boxes on your way out. 
But I do wanna thank every person that faithfully gives as a part of giving at our church. We're so grateful for you. Uh, it's without, with, without your gifts, we wouldn't be able to do what God's called us to do. And I'm grateful that the tithe is something that's fair. In other words, we all play a part. We all play, it's not one or two people that make the church go and allow the church to function. It's all of us doing what's right with our finances, putting God first. When we do, the church is able to function and your life is blessed. That's how it works, that's how it works. God wants to provide seed to the sower and as you sow seed in finances, God's gonna put it back in your lap. He's gonna give you more seed so you can sow more seed, amen? That's how it works and that's why as we, as we, as we grow as a church, we're, we believe we're gonna be more blessed financially. We'll be able to do more because God's gonna continue to pour out blessing on your life and it just kind of keeps working that way, amen? It's a multiplication process and we're believing God for that, amen. We're gonna release our children to their Sunday school classrooms today. Uh, we're going to let them go and have a fantastic time in, in, their, in their Sunday school classes. And then we're going to get right into the word today. I want to let everyone know that today is Eloisa's birthday, everyone. Eloisa, it's her birthday. And so make sure before you leave the day, wish Eloisa a happy birthday. And uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, this morning, I'm going to minister a sermon. It's a, it, this is a very, very unique title. It's called Those Who Believe. And I know it's earth-shattering, uh, but that's what I came up with. Those Who Believe. And I, I want to read a portion of Scripture, and we're just going to talk about it uh, this morning. Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse 14. The Bible says that later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he'd risen. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes, say believes, and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out de demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. I don't know if you picked up on in that text how many times the word believe was in there. But what it says to me is that it's very important in our faith and what, and, and, and what we gather, the core of who we are is believers. And I think most, most times, whether you realize it or not, everyone is a believer. I know there's some people who say, well, no, I'm, I don't believe in anything. I'm an atheist. But even the atheists believe in something. And the truth is, is everybody believes something, but what you believe determines your future. And how many know it's important to, to believe rightly and believe correctly? The, the word faith, if you, if you look at it in the Hebrew, it's, it's faith is the word imunah, imunah. Imunah means faith in Hebrew. And when you break that word down, imun, it actually means truth or, or trust. And so what that tells us is that faith doesn't come from fiction. Faith doesn't come, faith is not some kind of, of, of you know, saying positive things and, and thinking positive thoughts or believing in fairy tales. Faith, the base of that word in, our, in the way we believe in scripture, faith comes from the Hebrew word imunah, imun meaning truth. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing what? The word of God, which is the truth. So our faith is built on the truth. Faith comes from truth. Faith is built on truth. Now, if you break the word down a little further, so imun means truth, but when you, when the, the, the second part of that word, ah, is breath, is breath. And so when God breathes on truth, it produces faith inside of us. Do you see that? All scripture was written by the inspiration or by the breath of God, and it was it's meant to inspire us. We know that when someone expires, they breathe their last breath, and they're no longer with us. But when somebody, when someone has inspiration, they have, they have breath. And so what God will do is imunah. He'll take the truth, and he'll breathe upon it, and it's gonna hit your spirit, and it's gonna change the way you believe. That, that's what faith is. That's why it's so important to be in the word of God. You're gonna hear us talk about it all the time, how important the word of God is to our life because when you're in the word, you're providing a God an opportunity to breathe upon his word, imunah, and it produces faith. It awakens something on the inside of you. Are you with me today? Faith comes by, from truth. 
Faith is built on truth. Faith is truth when God quickens it to your life. It comes alive in your life. That's why when you're reading the Bible, that's why when you're, when you're in church and you're hearing scripture, that all of a sudden you'll get revelation. All of a sudden you'll realize, man, I didn't realize that, that God, God wants me to flourish in this area of my life. I, I didn't realize that marriage could be like this. I didn't realize that relationships could be like, I didn't realize that finances, I could look at finances like that. You will find that in every area of your life, when you apply the word of God and God breathes on his word, you allow God to breathe on his truth, all of a sudden, every area of your life has the ability to flourish. Can I hear somebody say amen? And so what I wanna talk about this morning about the things that faith does. Because faith does several things in our, in our lives and I'm, I'm not gonna to touch all of them obviously, but, but I just some of the things that stand out to me and these are gonna be some quick highlights on faith. The first thing that I see that faith does, faith advances. Somebody say advance. Faith advances. Now, when you open up the Bible, straight out the gate, Adam and Eve are, uh, are put inside of a garden. And we know if we read the story, we know that eventually they were, they were evicted, all right, from the garden. They were booted out of the Garden of Eden, would have been paradise. And, and, and the Bible actually says that angels were placed at the entrance of the garden with flaming swords to keep them out. All right, so they, it was like they were truly evicted. They were expelled from the garden, and why? The reason they were kicked out is because they violated God's word. They violated truth. Are you with me? So, so I know that's a bad day for us. We think about Adam and Eve, none of us are, are looking on them too fondly because we're in the position we're in because of them. But, but even though Adam and Eve lost paradise, the gospel tells us that you and I, we have access to heaven on earth. We, have, we now have, even though Adam and Eve were expelled, we have now, because of Christ, we, we now have access to heaven on earth. We believe that that's our job, is to bring heaven to earth. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1, it says, for all the promises of God are yes and amen. In other words, everything that God has for you in his word, you can experience here on this earth. We can access the promises of God. How do we do it? Through faith. Through faith. So what is faith? Faith is choosing to believe God's word. Adam and Eve expelled from Garden of Eden because of disobedience to God's word, but there's a way for you and I right here and right now on earth to access heaven. And you say, well, Pastor Adam, how do you know that? I'll tell you how I know that. I'm living it. I'm, I'm living, I'm not smart enough to date a Carrie let alone marry a Carrie and be married, stay married for 27 years. Like I'm not, I'm not good enough for that. I don't have the moves for that. I don't have enough game for that. But somehow I'm able to experience heaven on earth in my marriage through faith. All right? I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not qualified enough to be able to be called to a community like this, to be able to be part of a church like this. To, to do life with people like you. I, I, I get to enjoy heaven. I'm not that good, but I can access the good things of God through faith. I'm living evidence. Come on, exhibit A, that if you believe God's word, that if you apply God's word, God will elevate your life. Your life will advance. Your life will move forward. You, you are, you'll become blessed so that you can be a blessing to others. Amen. We are called to bring heaven to earth. Do you believe it? Say amen. So the Bible says that a river flowed out of Eden. All, all of the resources of the earth weren't meant to feed the garden. That's not how God set it up. God put, God put paradise or heaven on earth and out of heaven on earth, was a, was, a, was a river that flowed. So the resource didn't flow to Eden, the resources flowed from Eden and meant, they were meant to feed the world. So outside of Eden is what? Outside of Eden is wilderness, is, is, is desolate land. And so what God wanted is God wanted Eden or paradise or heaven on earth to, to, to flow out of Eden into the rest of the world. So what is Eden to us? Well, Eden is the church. It's a representation of the church. If you look up the word Eden, what does it mean? It means garden of delights. When I look around the people of God, what I, what I should see, when I see the people of faith, 
What I see is the garden of delights. I'm seeing people that are blessed in their marriage. I'm seeing people that their children are blessed. I'm looking around at people whose jobs and finances and families are being put put back together. I'm talking about the garden of delights. The world should look at what the church has and say, that's what I want. That's what I want. And and I want to tell you something. You believe your way forward. It's, it's faith that gets you to access Eden and from Eden. God, me, God is meant for us as God's people to live and walk in blessing, to live and walk in favor, and so that we don't just keep it to ourselves, but there's a river flowing out of Eden to the rest of the world, so we're meant to take the garden of delights and spread it into the world of desolation. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? So the world is looking at us and saying, that's what I want. You believe your way forward. Faith advances. We shouldn't stay the same. We should be moving forward. When when you were born, you came out head first, unless there was some kind of problem, all right? The day you were born, you came out head first. And so you were confined to to a very small space, very confined space, the womb of your mother, you were confined to that, and when, and when you came out, you, 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 you went into a spacious place. You went from darkness to light. That's what, that's what happened to you. It, it was the birthing process. I remember when, when my kids were born, and, and it was very squeamish days for me. I'm, I'm not, not really interested in all that, you know, doctor stuff, and especially when your wife's there. It just doesn't look, it, it's not great. Anyway, so I remember, I remember they, you know, they were like, oh, come look, the baby's crowning. And I'm like, crowning? Like, what does that mean? Like, I don't know if I want to see this. But what it means is that the head is engaged and the head is in position to move forward. And as soon as the head crown, it crowns, as soon as the head is engaged, it's a matter of seconds until the baby's brought forth. It's the same way in your life. You believe your way forward, all right? Everything, every breakthrough, every advance in your life, it starts with your head. That's why the Bible says be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind, all right? Every breakthrough comes, every advancement comes as you begin to believe differently. Come on, faith advances. Faith advances, amen. Number two, faith elevates. Faith elevates. In Mark chapter five, there's a story of a guy by the name of Jairus, and Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue. Okay, that was, that was what he did. He, He's the ruler, he's, a, a, he's a kind of a, in charge of the religious organization of that day. And he's got a 12-year-old daughter, and if you read the story, you find out that she's, she's knocking on death's door. She's 12 years old, she's basically on her deathbed, and here's Jairus, he's a ruler of the synagogue, but the synagogue has no power. They've got all kinds of rules and regulations and things you gotta do, but the synagogue has, has no power. And so we have Jesus, and Jesus is an outlaw. If you're the ruler of the synagogue, Jesus isn't your friend. Matter of fact, any, any type of interaction with Jesus would have been looked upon uh, kind, of, kind of not great. Like to, like to be associated with Jesus, wasn't that, that would have been looked down upon. But Jairus, who's the ruler of the synagogue, couldn't get away from the fact that Jesus was going around doing miracles. And he's noticing, hey man, there's power in Jesus' ministry, there's power in his theology, and I've got a daughter that's 12 years old, she's at the point of death, the heck with what everybody thinks, Uh, there's, there's no life in the power of the Pharisees. I mean, what I see is religion, restrictive, legalistic, corrupt, hypocritical theology, and what they're seeing is miracles. I'm taking my daughter to Jesus. I'm on my way to Jesus. How many know faith elevates your thinking? So your thinking used to be this way, but all of a sudden, faith, you begin to see what God's doing. You say, you know what? I think I can believe a little bit differently. So he comes and he, he comes to Jesus, my daughter is sick. I mean, she's at the point of death. And, and, and Jesus said, hey, well, let's go get her healed. And so they begin to walk and they're walking towards Jairus' house and all of a sudden, there's a, there's a, there's a large crowd of people that are thronging Jesus. And, and all of a sudden, Jesus stopped and said, somebody touched me. And the disciples are like, Jesus, everybody's touching you. I mean, there's a huge crowd here. You're famous. Like, like, like everybody's trying to get a piece of you. And Jesus said, no, no. I felt somebody touch me and power to leave. And they looked around and they saw this woman. She's got tears in her eyes. And she said, I touched you. I felt the power of God touch my life. I've, I've had an issue of blood for 12 years. And the bleeding has stopped. 
And you can just imagine the, this, 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 this amazing uh, thing that's happened. But, but how, did it, how did this woman get the healing? Because she thought, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Are you with me? Faith elevates your thinking. Faith elevates. I mean, the, you can imagine the excitement as, as people begin to see this woman that, who's been basically ostracized from, from society all of a sudden healed. So they're celebrating, and in that commotion, all of a sudden, another group of people come, and their, their attitude and mindset is totally different. They're drawn, their face is drawn, and they come to Jairus, and they're servants of Jairus. They're servants of this ruler of the synagogue, and they say, Jairus, hey, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter's dead. Your daughter's dead. And all of a sudden, you can just kind of, you can imagine Jairus' face and his, his whole, his whole um, countenance just begin to drop. And, 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 and all of a sudden, the, the, mind, the thought is like, oh my gosh, my, my daughter is dead. And Jesus immediately grabs Jairus. Don't allow fear to bring your thinking down. Only believe, he says. He says, he says, he says, only believe. Don't go to fear, Jairus. Don't fear what you've, what you've heard. Don't be afraid. Only believe. There's something about people. There's something about those who believe. There's just something about it. He heard the, the report, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher? But I want to tell you something. Jesus was much more than a teacher. I mean, people called him rabbi, but, but how many know he was much more than that? The Bible says that he was the word that became flesh, all right? The Bible says that he is the visible image of the invisible God. The Bible says that he had the spirit inside of him without measure. The Bible says that he was God incarnate. He was Emmanuel, God with us. And this is the man that says, Jairus, don't be afraid, only believe. Now, how many know in that moment, it would have been easy for Jairus to go to fear. Come on, how many, how many know that sometimes voices and narratives have a way to send us to fear? It's easy just to move into fear. What is fear? Well, fear is believing something you can't see will happen. That's what fear is. Fear is believing something you can't see will happen. It's so much different from faith. What is faith? Faith is believing something you can't see is gonna happen. What is fear? Fear is believing something you can't see is gonna happen. What is faith? Faith is believing something you can't see is about to happen. It's so, it's so different. One is negative, the, the other is positive. And Jesus tells Jairus, don't go to fear. He says, don't, don't bring your thinking down. Faith elevates. Believe something you can't see will happen. You know, I want to tell you something. God hasn't given any one of you a spirit of fear. God hasn't done that for us. The devil came in in the last few years, the last couple years, and what he's tried to do is unleash, release a spirit of fear on the world. But God has not given you a spirit of fear. Hello, anybody in the back? God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Instead, what God has given you is, a, is, is love and power and a sound mind. That's what God has given you. And so, and so if, you, if, 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 if God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but instead he's given you a spirit, of, a, 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 a sound mind, he's given you power, and if, he, if he's given you love, what does fear do? Fear kills a sound mind. Fear kills love. And fear kills peace, all right, or power. And so, and so we look back what's happened over the last couple of years, and what we've noticed is there's a lot of people lost their minds. Just lost their minds. I, I went and visited my, my, my grandfather just a, a few weeks back with my dad, and we had to fly to Ohio, and I hadn't been on a plane for a while, and, you know, we walk into, the, you know, obviously, you know, there's these mask mandates you got to do, and I, you guys know me. I'm like anemic to masks. I, I just can't handle them. I just, I hate them. I, I just feel like so trapped in there. And so I, I you know, I'm, I'm like doing everything I can. Like I'm pulling them away from my face so they look like they're on, but they're three inches and I got lots of air. Anyways, so we go to the airport. I'm trying to be a good guy. I got my mask on, you know, walking through the terminal and, and you know, everybody's being really careful. Like, like they're telling, you know, you got to practice social distancing. And so everybody's kind of maintaining their space and not touching anything and making sure, wash your hands for 20 seconds, all of that stuff. 
And so, you know, they're, they're, they're getting ready to line us up on this sold-out flight. And so we're social distancing to get onto a sold-out flight. Like, everybody, keep your space. Don't get, within, don't, don't get within six feet of each other. So we're all like, you know, everybody, if you cough, everybody's like looking at you like, are you serious? You know what I mean? And so we're, 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 we're maintaining this distance as we get on the plane, and then they pack you and seat you two inches apart from everyone. How many know people lost their minds? Whoever came up with that plan is stupid. Like, they've lost their minds. And so they get on, they say, make sure you keep your mask. Everyone on this flight, you must, you must wear your mask. It must be over your nose the entire flight unless you're eating our peanuts, which we hand to you. As long as you're eating these peanuts, the virus is, is, is unable to infect anyone. So I'm eating my peanuts, like one peanut, one peanut a minute. And I finish, can I have another bag of peanuts? One at a time, you know, licking it. I'm just enjoying the whole thing. People lost their minds. That's what fear does. Fear kills a sound mind. Have you seen some of these pictures of kids in high school that are part of the band with masks on? Okay, they've got a mask on with a hole in it. They're playing the trumpet. They're blowing air through the trumpet. Their air is moving through the, the instrument works because their air is exiting their body out of the horn into society. Then they push a little button, saliva's falling out. But at least they have a mask on. People have lost their minds. Can somebody say amen? That's what fear does. Fear causes you to be irrational and make you believe that something you can't see will happen. What else does fear do? Fear kills love. Where fear is, love isn't. L love can't be where fear is. They can't be in the same room. They can't coexist. That's why what we've seen over the last year and a half is riots in the streets and cities burning and, and violent crime on the rise and murder on the rise and, 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 and school shootings and, 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 and grocery store shootings, all the things that we're seeing because where there's fear, there's always an absence of love. It's just the way it works. There is no love. Fear kills love. But guess what love does? Love, perfect love, casts out all fear. Fear kills power. It makes, it makes you powerless. It tells you that you can't do certain things. It tells you that you're not empowered to do certain things, that you'll never be able to overcome. But what does faith do? Faith elevates your thinking beyond any of those things. So make the decision that I'm not gonna allow the loudest narrative control my life, control my thinking. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna allow the loudest narrative to be people that are without God. You're never gonna get good advice from people without God. Do you know what the word Gentile, we talk about Jews and Gentiles in the Bible. You know what Gentile means? Gentile, Gentile simply means those without God those without God. The Gentiles were the ones that were without God. Don't listen to the people without God trying to give you advice. That, that's, that's, a, that's a crazy, don't let, let people without God tell you you can't afford a house here. Don't let people without God tell you you'll never be able to, 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 to earn a certain income. You'll never be able to do certain things. Don't let people without God tell you what you can and cannot do. Because people without God, their advice doesn't apply to you. You know why? Because you're not people without God, you are people with God. Somebody say amen. That's why you're the smartest people on Sunday. You're the smartest people on Sunday because you came and you said, you know what? I came to hear from God. I'm a person without God. And so your advice from a person without God doesn't apply to me because I stand here. I'm with God. Thank you, but no thank you. Amen. So Jesus, he comes to the tomb of his, of his good friend Lazarus. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And he tells Martha, he says, Martha, I want you to roll away the stone. And Martha's like, Jesus, look, if we roll away the stone, Lazarus is not what's gonna come out of there. What's gonna come out of there is the ferocious stench of a, of a, of a body that has been decaying for the last four days. And in John 11, Jesus says, Martha, 
I want you to notice this. Jesus says, Martha, didn't I tell you that if you believe, say believe, if you believe, you would see the glory of God. Faith elevates. When your believing changes, what you see changes. I'm gonna say that again because I think it's really good. When your believing changes, what you see changes. The world will try to tell you that seeing is believing, right? You'll hear people say things like this, I'm not gonna believe it until I see it. Isn't that what they say? But the kingdom is the opposite. The kingdom is you believe and then you see. When your believing changes, all of a sudden, what you see begins to change. And the church, this place, the house of God, where you're sitting today is a place where your believing gets an upgrade. That's what we're trying to do today. We're trying to get you to a place where your believing gets challenged, your believing gets elevated, because if your believing gets elevated, what you see will begin to get elevated. Somebody shout amen. And so Satan will come, he's gonna, he's gonna try to say, it's the same thing he's been saying since the beginning of time. He's gonna challenge what you believe by saying, did God really say? Did, can you really trust God? Can you really trust the truth? And in this house, our answer is always yes. Yes, I really can trust God because not only did God say it, but somebody was smart enough to write it down. It's called the Bible. And now I don't have to necessarily take someone's word for it. I can read it with my very own eyes. I, I can read it with my very own eyes. So guess what? If Jesus said it, that's where I'm putting my money. If Jesus said it, that's where I'm gonna put my hope. It is written, and where, what is written is now my anchor. What is written is now my rock. What is written is now my foundation. If it's written, devil, listen to me, that's where I stand. That's where I stand. Believing the word of God is gonna elevate you. Believing elevates. The third thing that, that faith does is faith enters. Somebody say faith enters. 12 spies, you guys know the story. 12 spies cross over the Jordan and they teach us that faith enters. Faith doesn't put conditions. I want you to listen to this. Faith doesn't put conditions or wait for circumstances to be just right in order to get the promise or enter into the promise. Faith enters regardless. Faith isn't waiting for the right time. Faith enters. And so what you believe determines how you perceive. I want you to grab this if you can. So the 12 spies that went in and crossed over the Jordan, they saw the exact same things. When they crossed over, they saw the same land, they saw the same giants, they saw the same fortified cities, they tasted the same milk, they tasted the same sweet honey, they carried the same grapes. All 12 of those guys, they walked on the exact same soil, they walked the same path, and they saw the exact same things. But 10 of the 12, they came back and they said, we're not able. They said, we perceive ourselves to be like grasshoppers in the eyes of the giants that live over there. And we, and we, and we appear like grasshoppers even to our own selves. They saw the promise of God as being something that would be impossible for them to achieve. They believe the promised land for them was inaccessible. Here's the tragedy, it's the same way in our lives. What you believe determines what you perceive, which ultimately, which ultimately determines what you actually receive. And this is what you gotta grab, what you believe determines how you perceive, and what you perceive determines what you receive. So two spies, Joshua and Caleb, they look at the 10 and they're like, what are you talking about? We walked the same place with you. We saw, we were at the same, we saw the same land. We saw the same giants, same cities, same grapes, same milk, same honey. I mean, we saw everything that you did and we, we can surely take the land. I mean, they said, if God delights in us, He'll, he'll surely give us the promise. Guys, he just parted the Red Sea. He likes us. Like, are you kidding me? Why would we stay, why would we stay back? Faith enters. If God is for us, who can be against us? And so what happened is, is 10 of those spies, because their belief determined their perception, they were never able to receive what God had for them. They died on the wrong side of the promise. 
It started with how they believed, it turned into what they perceived, and it ended up being what they received. But, but the two spies, because they believed, they could see the fact that they could get the promise, and guess what? Those two guys, Joshua and Caleb, they went into the promise, they experienced the promise, they saw Jericho come down to the ground, they saw Ai destroyed, they saw nations subdued before them, they experienced the promised land for themselves, why? Because faith enters. Come on, let me tell you something. Life is too short to have misguided believing. Life's too short, come on. Because if you have misguided believing, it's gonna, it's gonna translate into misguided perceiving. And if you can't see what God has for you, you'll never get it. Faith enters. That's why we wanna empower you at Elevate to change the way you believe so that you can change the way you perceive so that you can receive all that God has for you. Amen. The last, the last thing that I see that faith does is faith sees. Faith sees. And let me get a drink. Faith sees. Are you guys here today? You guys doing all right? I'm giving you everything I got, all right? <laughs> this voice is, is fading quickly, okay? But I'm, I'm, gonna, get, I'm gonna get through this. Faith sees. What faith is, faith is a great equalizer. Faith is a great equalizer because when you look at the Bible, all the way up to Jesus, you had the Jews and the Gentiles. I, I alluded to this earlier. That's all you had. You had the Jews and you had the Gentiles. You had Israel, God's chosen people. You had the Jews, you had God chosen, God's chosen nation. And then you had the Gentiles. And as I said earlier, who were the Gentiles? The Gentiles were, were the people without God. So it was, it was black and white. You had those with God, the Jews, and you had those without God, the Gentiles. But when Jesus shows up, everything changes. Thankfully, everything changes. Because I, I don't think there's too many Jewish people in here today, right? I mean, all of us, we would be, we'd be considered Gentiles. But because of Jesus, Everything changed. Faith is the great equalizer. It sets the playing field. With Jesus, all those rules, all those regulations, all those laws, all, it was all wiped away and no longer was there Jew or Gentile. No longer was God's favor only on the Israelites. Everyone else just, just kind of a, a spectator. Now, the gospel has brought a significant adjustment to the way life had always been. In John 3, 16, you know the scripture, look at it. It says, for God so loved the world, and here's the big change. Because now it says that whoever believes, it's not talking about Jews here. Now it's talking about everyone. Faith is the great equalizer. That if you can just believe in him, you don't perish, but you have everlasting life. Throughout the New Testament, you see the same type of prose. Like everything begins to change. You, you read, whoever believes in me, will have the light of life and will not walk in darkness. You'll read things like, whoever believes in my name, we read at the beginning of this message, will cast out demons. Whoever believes shall take up serpents and take up scorpions. The entire New Testament, it's all about whoever believes. It gives everyone an equal opportunity. It's whoever believes. See, the great lie is that you need some kind of like head start to lift you up. You need, you need some kind of, you need man or some kind of, some kind of prop to help, help you up. But the word of the Lord tells me that promotion comes from God. That's what his word says, that it doesn't matter where I was born. It doesn't matter uh, what my nationality is. It doesn't matter the, the pigment of my skin. It doesn't matter my zip code, my home life, my, my, my education. It doesn't matter my marital status. It doesn't matter my age. It doesn't matter if I'm a male or a female. I, I have equal opportunity. It doesn't matter if I grew up in privilege or I grew up in poverty. Faith is the great equalizer. All the promises of God are accessed by faith. Everything that God has for you, it happens, it begins with faith. Faith is the great equalizer. But here's the thing, this point of this message is faith sees, because you have to see that. This is where we struggle, it's right here. 
You have to see that. It makes for a good sermon that faith is the great equalizer, but you have to understand that includes you. You have to see that for yourself. Faith sees. I wanna read a lengthy portion of scripture and I'm gonna close with this, but I, I want you to see something. It's in Ephesians 1 and 2. At the end of Ephesians 1, beginning with verse 19, the, the Bible says this. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? That according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when God raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the ages to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Chapter two starts out like this. Look at it, look at this carefully, come on. And you, who's he talking to? And you he made alive, who were dead in trespass and sin, in which you once walked according to the, the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of our mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as all the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass, he made us alive with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. You read the end of chapter one and none of us have a problem with that. Like we all believe what Jesus did. How many believe that what Jesus did, that God raised him? How many believe that Jesus now raised above all circumstance, He's raised above every power, all principality. He, he has authority over everything. And today, how many of you believe that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father? I don't think any of us have trouble with that. I think all of us can see that. Like in our mind, we picture that. Like, like he is one. Like Jesus is victorious. But then the chapters, the, the page turns. And what we just read is that now because of what Jesus did, that if we believe that now God has actually raised you and I up. That's what it said. It's, it actually says that now he has seated us with Jesus. That now we sit in that same place where we're above every principality, where we're above every power, every throne, every dominion. And here's the thing, so many Christians, they can't see that. They, they, they don't have trouble seeing Jesus there. But when it comes to them, that somehow, that all of a sudden faith has, has taken them to that same position. That now when, when we talk to the devil, we're not talking up to the devil. We're not talking eye to eye to the devil. We're looking down at the devil. You know why? Because what you're over, you have authority over. That's why, that's why the Bible says that, it says that, that now you, have, you, have, you can cast out demons. Those who believe will cast out demons. How? Well, well, because they now have authority over, because they've been seated with Christ, they have authority that you can get bit by snakes. I don't know, if, I wouldn't recommend that. Scorpions, they can, and, and, and they will by no means harm you, the Bible says. Why? Because you've been seated with Christ, you now have a dominion over any of those things. The problem is, is most, most of us, we have trouble seeing that. Instead, we see our lives differently. We see ourselves like we're broken, we've got issues, problems, that we see certain things about ourselves, or we look at our life and the circumstances. Somebody asks you, hey, how are you doing? And you say, well, you know, under the circumstances, I guess I'm doing okay. 
you know, under, under these types of conditions, I guess, you know, I guess, I, guess, I guess we're doing okay. And, and the question I have for you is, is why are you there? You weren't meant to be under anything. You, meant, you weren't meant to live under the circumstances because God seated you above that. The Bible says in Matthew 16 that Jesus says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, you, you loose in heaven. You aren't meant to live under the circumstances. You're meant to rule over the circumstances. Did you hear that today? The wind and the waves, they're beating in the boat. Jesus is down in the stern. The disciples are freaking out. They're bailing water as fast as they can. They run down to Jesus. They say, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? Jesus stretches, climbs up out of the stern. Peace, be still. Boom, all of a sudden, everything stops. Why? Why was Jesus able to do that? Because Jesus didn't live under the circumstances. He wasn't affected by the storms that were raging around. He, he, didn't, he knew that God had set him over the circumstances. And my, my, my prayer is that you will see that. Faith sees that. We are here, this church, we're here to create believers. I hope that you can, with confidence, say, I'm one of those who believe. Because if you can believe, if you can allow the truth of God's word, if you can allow God to breathe on it in your life, you'll find that faith advances. You'll find that faith elevates your thinking. You'll find that faith enters. That you're not waiting for the right circumstances. You're just jumping right in, and you'll see that faith sees. You see, you see that where you are in Christ, who you are in Christ. I hope that every one of you can understand right now the authority and power that you have as believers. Bow your heads and close your eyes all over this room. God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would allow your word. God, I pray, I pray today that the truth of your word, the emunah, that you would breathe on the truth and produce faith in your people here this morning. I pray that we would understand, God, Lord, that faith advances. Lord, that faith starts with our mind that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I pray that we begin to believe differently so that we can see differently. Lord, that our thinking would be elevated. Lord, that we would advance and be elevated in, in, our, in our lives, Lord God. We believe that faith does that. And God, we pray, Lord, we thank you. I pray that many would, would see where they sit in Christ. Lord, that they can enter into the promises you have for them because they see that they don't live under the circumstances but rule over them in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Maybe some are here today and you need your faith to be encouraged. I believe we can pray together today. Maybe today you say, you know what? I need, I need my faith to be encouraged. I need my faith to be lifted. If that's you, why don't you stand up right where you're at? Why don't you just stand up? I just need my faith to be encouraged. I, I kind of feel like, man, I don't, I don't really, I don't understand. Maybe there's some things going on in your life. It's caused you maybe to doubt some things about your family, about your finances, about some certain situation in your life and you say, you know what, I need a lift. I need a lift. That's what the church is meant to do. That's what we're here to do today. We're here to encourage your faith. Come on. If, if someone's standing near you, why don't you, why don't you go over and reach your hand on them? Can we pray together? Come on. Can we pray together as the family of God? Come on. That's all of us. We, we're, we're all part of the family. Come on. Find someone near you and just, just stand and pray with them. Oh God, we thank you today. Come on. Thank you today, Jesus. Oh Father, we worship you. Come on, lift your voice. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you. Oh, God, right now, in Jesus' name. Oh, we're praying, Lord, and increase, increase our faith, Lord. God, allow your spirit to breathe on the truth of your word. God, that we're more than conquerors. Lord, that we're the head and not the tail. Above only and not belief beneath. In Jesus' name, God, raise our faith, God.
faith advances, faith elevates, faith enters, faith sees. Come on, let's get all that God has for us. Come on, let's get all that God has for you. Let's believe, let's believe God for some big things. Come on, I want you to believe God for some big things in your family. I want you to believe God for some big things in the areas in your life. I, I want you to believe God for big things for our church. Can we believe God just to blow the doors off this place? Can we, can we just believe God just to, just to bring people in from this community? There's so many. I mean, how many, how, you got to admit, what, what, what's, what's happening in this place is special. It's, and it shouldn't be kept to just us. Come on, we, we want this to be shared with, with our community. Come on, why don't you bring someone to church? How about doing that this week? Why don't you bring someone to church? I mean, let, we're not meant to hold this to ourselves, right? Why don't we introduce people, those without God, come on, it's an, faith is, brings equal opportunity. You don't have to be without God. Come on, why don't we bring those without God, let's introduce them to God. Let's allow the truth of God's word, let's allow the spirit of God to breathe on it and produce faith inside of some people because the Bible says whoever believes will be saved. Come on, come on, can we do that? Can we do that? Lord, thank you for this place. I thank you for these people. Thank you for their commitment to you. Thank you that they're here this morning. I pray that what was spoken here today would settle in their hearts, that they'd be able to take it with them throughout this week. Lord, that they'd live, live out their faith. Lord, that they would be known as those who believe. I pray use them, anoint them, empower them to do great and mighty things, exploits in your name. We thank you for this this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, amen. Amen. Praise God, man. Before you leave, make sure you say hello to, to Valentino and to Jennifer. Why don't you meet Carrie Grable here? Hang out in fellowship. We love you guys so much. Have a fantastic week. God bless you guys.